Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today, I have the beautiful Christy Whitman joining me to talk all things energy, abundance, success, and aligning yourself with your full spiritual power. Christy Whitman is a New York Times bestselling author and transformational coach and leader. She has appeared on the Today Show, The Morning Show, TEDx, and The Hallmark Channel, and her work has been featured in numerous publications and magazines. Christy teaches the law of attraction, energy mastery, and personal development classes to help clients feel more aligned with the divine design of well-being, abundance, and success. Her recently released book, The Desire Factor, How to Embrace Your Materialistic Nature to Reclaim Your Full Spiritual Power, will help guide readers through a deeper, more spiritually connected journey of taking those everyday desires shared by all of us and using them to manifest a more personal, more dynamic sense of fulfillment. Our conversation today covers everything from the energy that you are putting out is what you attract, why you're attracting what you don't want and how to manage your own expectations, the five common obstacles that may be standing in your way of manifesting your desires, that hard work is not the key to creating what you want and she's going to share with you what is, why your split energy is ruining your business, bringing your awareness to where your energy is leaking, how your words are leading to your results and the seven essential laws of manifesting your desires. I loved our conversation today, so let me introduce you to the beautiful Christy Whitman. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners, where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. I'm super excited to have this conversation on the Next Level Life podcast. I've invited the beautiful Christy Whitman to come and join me. And she is a number one New York Times bestselling author and highly sought after life coach. And we're going to be talking all about her new book, The Desire Factor. So thank you so much for joining me today, Christy. Thank you so much, Christine. I'm so excited for our conversation. Me too. So what I want to do first is actually dive straight into a question, then we can talk a little bit about your background. So I'd love for you to share with my listeners, what's one thing that you've done on your journey that's taken, it's created next level results for you? Well, it's the same thing I do all the time. It's understanding where my energy edges are, where my energy blocks are, where I feel like I'm stuck, like I'm moving ahead, where you know I feel like I'm being blocked by something, even though it's it could be doing the exact right strategy on something and feeling like it didn't get the results. It's knowing that my outer reality is a reflection of what's going inside of me. And I love knowing that because it lets me take total responsibility. I understand that it's not because of uh, God or the divine loving me or what I'm worthy of or what I deserve or, you know, that the fact that I shouldn't be doing something or, you know, what that I'm, I'm not, you know, good enough or whatever it is. It's, it's all, if there's a place within me that is in lack and it's going to reflect in my consciousness, which then will reflect in my outer reality, it's law of attraction at its best. So, you know, my life changed 25 years ago when I started learning and applying this information where literally like when I have anything that's limiting or contrasting that comes in my life, instead of going, oh, it's my parents' fault or it's the government's fault or it's, it's economy's fault or it's the lockdown's fault or it's COVID's fault. You know, instead of looking outside and saying it's because of that, that I'm having these results, I'm able to say, okay, what would I need to believe? What would I need to think? What would I need to feel in order to attract that? so that I can become aware of it, I can shift it, and then have a different result. Mm, oh, speaking my language, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> and you know what's interesting, actually, I had this described to me in a different way recently around like understanding the law and attraction and how you know everything that's happening outside of us is, is a reflection of what's going on internally. And it really fascinated me the way that I think about it, because I've always been a firm believer that we create our own reality. And you're right, like it's the way that the law of attraction is literally showing you what you are internally, right? The energy yes. you have, the thought patterns, the belief systems that create. And often sometimes I think this gets a little bit confused around, well, we have a belief system and then our brain will always look for evidence out in the world to prove that to be true. That's absolutely the law of attraction working, right? 
It is. So, I mean, we create from our consciousness and to understand what's our consciousness, it's what we say, what we think, what we perceive or believe or expect, what we feel or don't feel a lot of times it's suppressed, right? And then the actions that we take. That's, that's really it. That's all we have influence in those five aspects of our lives. And when we understand that, when we master what we say, what we think, what we expect, what we believe, what we feel, and then the actions that we take, we're mastering our lives, we're mastering our energy. And to, to also understand that we are energy receivers, we're energy containers, and then we're energy transmitters. So whatever we're transmitting out could be from a place within us that's really open and full of love and you know excitement and success, and then that gets transmitted out, and then we have reflection of that. Or it could be from an energetic imprint where it says we're not enough or that there's only so much to go around, or, you know, that limits our level of success or fulfillment or success, you know, whatever it is. Right. And, and that block, what most people don't understand, it's like where we are going along, we're living our lives, something happens, we get imprinted, right? We close our hearts down, the energy gets stuck in us, creates some kind of beliefs or some kind of energy pattern. And it's that point within our bodies, mind, emotions that creates like this, it's like, best way to describe it is like a, a lion being caged, right? The lion's going to spin and spin, spin and spin, right? It's going to move. Energy is always constantly moving. So if we have a block, the energy doesn't stop. It literally is creating a vortex and it's through that vortex that we then attract things to us. Mm, absolutely. And I think like we, sometimes we can think, oh my God, that's with, that's quite a powerful thing to have, which can be super scary sometimes, but it also is quite enlightening in the way that we can go, well, we can then change whatever's going on around us, right? Absolutely. We can really take responsibility, like knowing that we create our own reality and then knowing how we create our own reality. I mean, that was so empowering for me to know and be able to apply all these years because then we're not caught in victim consciousness where this is happening to me and there's nothing I can do, Right. When you're in creator consciousness, which is really what we're talking about, it's like, oh, okay, good, bad, or ugly, right? I created that. Mm, I don't want to admit I created that contrast, but if I am admitting that I created the thing that I don't want, then I have the power to change it so I don't continue to create it. So that looks like more success in your business, more clients, more impact, you know, more satisfying relationships, more, you know, more of all good things. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to know a little bit more about, like, I know that you've been coaching for a really long time. So I'd love for you to share with us, like, what's been some of the bigger things that have shown up for you in your, with, with doing all of this work, what's shown up for you in the last few years that have, you know, blown your mind? Well, yeah. So I have I've been a coach for 20 years. I became an author first and I started speaking on the contents of my book. And then people started asking me to coach. And this was long before coaching was cool. You know, it was like people were like, you know, coach, why would, why would anybody hire a coach? Right. And no one was teaching how to create coaching programs or run a coaching business or anything like that. So I had to figure out a lot of that by doing a lot of things wrong and then figuring out, okay, how do I tweak this? So to answer your question, though, I've, I've been a coach for that long, but since 2000, I want to say, well, the last six years, I've now realized what my secret sauce is, is in my, in my coaching. And that was because I was helping people master their energy and release energy. So I was coaching them on universal principles. I created in 2008, the quantum success coaching Academy, where I certified, you know, since then over 3000 law of attraction coaches. So my business is going that way. I was more like the coach's coach and, you know, would, would help coaches launch their business, get trained and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, as I was working with my clients and more advanced stuff and energy work, I started opening up to the fact that I'm a healer and started really incorporating, and I've always done that, incorporated energy healing into my coaching. That's why there were, you know, people that had blocks where they, they shifted because the energy, right? If you don't apply the energy, don't move the energy, you don't get the results. So whether it's a, you change a thought, if you're like a mindset coach or you change a thought from lack to abundance, you're changing the energy of it. So I started doing healing work with clients and opening up to that. And because I kept leaning into that um, in the end of 2018, September, 2018, I started full on first person channeling. 
So I have been channeling a group of that I wrote about in my new book, The Desire Factor, um, actually co-wrote the book with them, the Quantum Council of Light. And they come through, my consciousness goes out and their wisdom comes through and helps people understand where their blocks are, um, really how to understand and master their own energy. And it's, uh, it's really uh, everything pivoted at that point in my business. And I, I think that's for any entrepreneurs. Once you start to evolve, you know, there might be things that you need to let go of that no longer work and move in the direction that you do. And so for me, I was kind of feeling that, oh, you know, I've certified a lot of coaches and it just didn't feel as fulfilling to me and pivoting into channeling has now just like, you know, the, everything pivoted. So now everything's Christy in the council instead of me just channel or me just kept coaching. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> was there anything in particular that happened in order to allow that to come through? Like, did you, were you working on connecting to source or was there anything else that you were doing in particular that you do, you were doing it for yourself first and then we're like, this is going to come through or. Well, it wasn't like I ever said, Ooh, I want a channel. Right. But 25 plus years ago now, um, my first teachers were channelers. They were channeled beings, you know, from a human being. And I just, I was so like, just tired of living my lack filled life and thinking and feeling the way that I did. I was so open. It was one of those just hands on my, you know, on, on my knees going, help me. And so the help that came along was, was people that could actually channel and so I started learning how to meditate and moving my energy. So I've been doing this for a long time. And of course, aligning with my source, with my divine has always been top priority since I got on my conscious spiritual journey. And, you know, at first it became about how do I, how do I create my own reality? How do I master the things that I want? How do I find the husband and the house and the, you know, the, the material things of this world that make us feel good, right? The clothes and the shoes and the purses and the trips and, you know, the, the fun experiences in life. And the answer was always connecting to my divine self. And so I kind of did it. Yeah, it felt good, but I did it because I wanted the house or I wanted the guy or I wanted the kid or, you know, those, I wanted the accomplishment. So I knew that I needed to connect in order to get which always fulfilled, right? But then it came about where it's like the things that I was reaching for really weren't, they're great to have, but they weren't the end all be all. Really what I was after was that connection to source. And so through, through my desires of wanting these different you know, people, places and things, so to speak, I came to connect with my divine self. And that is now my biggest priority because I know that's the, that's the thing that makes life amazing at least for me. And it, it, that's where I get to feel like I'm thriving and feeling good. So because that was my commitment, I kept leaning into that in my own personal life and then helping other people do that through working with the universal laws because they wanted to sell a house or they wanted to buy a house or they wanted to, you know, it, it was always the answer was alignment. And that's the first principle in the desire factor is alignment. When you have that alignment, then everything flows from there. And so I just kept leaning into that. And that's when, you know, I, I leaned into the fact that I do have this gift of healing. And then I leaned into the fact that, you know, I was seeing, I was getting messages and visually seeing things and hearing things for clients. And I just kept leaning in. And then one day they, um, I was driving on the freeway and I saw this like amazing, like I, it felt like I was uh, peering into what looked like heaven. And, uh, you know, I, I was getting messages to create this thing called the sacred circle of light where people would come on every week and just bring up what they needed healed. And so I created that. And it was during that time when the council literally came through the first time and they've been coming through ever since. Mm, so good. So good. <laughs> A lot of people have those nudges and get those downloads, but then they don't actually learn to master that connection. Right. So yeah. I, as you were speaking, I'm like, yeah, I've had those moments. Right. And you connect to your higher self or you connect to source and it feels amazing, but then we get sucked back into the world <laughs> and everything else is going on around us. So I'd love yeah. to hear what's your practice. Like how do you keep yourself connected? Well, there's a, there's not just one thing, right? So for me, um, spiritually, it's like, I've always for the past 25 years meditated. And I know that the days where I'm very, very busy, you know, I, I, I literally say like they used to say back in the day, my dance card is full, right? I have friends that I, you know, just love and adore. I have a husband and been married for 15 years, two kids that are still young. They're 
10 and 12. I have aging parents that are 85 and 89 and, you know, helping them out. I have a business I'm running. I mean, I have a very dog, I have a very full life. Right. And so meditating, like I used to do when I was just with my husband or when I was just by myself and as often as I meditate, I can't do it. Like I used to, I just can't, I don't have the time. Right. But what I've learned is that I can still connect energetically first thing when I wake up in the morning, you know, during middle of the day, um, you know, just taking a time before I get on an interview to really connect with that source, because it's not just something I do once. It's something I do throughout the day. And and that's been a big shift for me. And and the way that the council explains it is that, you know, we are human beings, right? We, We don't get up and just eliminate once. We don't just get up and you know, eat something once a day or drink something once a day, we're doing it all throughout the day to maintain our bodies, you know? And so this is something that I do to remain and keep connected is first thing in the morning. Okay. I'm awake. What energy do I want to cultivate for the day? I know that I have to either deliberately choose that, or it's going to be, you know, I'm going to get influenced by the driver. (laughs) Right. I'm going to be influenced by my kid, or I'm going to be influenced by my parent, or I'm going to be influenced by the drivers down the road or the person at the grocery store. So if I'm deliberately choosing today, I'm going to declare my joy day. Everything I think, everything I do, everything I feel is going to be in joy. That's where I'm staying in alignment to. And then I, you know, connect with that throughout the day. That's literally what, um, what I do there. There's other things. Obviously I take care of my physical body. I work out. That's kind of like my, I I have a workout of doing Pilates with a absolute fun and crazy Pilates instructor where we turn on rock and roll music and let our rock and roll girl out and, you know, just have fun. And like those moments throughout the day like that, that I just make sure that I'm putting into my calendar and something that for me, when I started owning my calendar, when I became an entrepreneur 15 years ago is I was so dedicated to not putting anything in my calendar that I didn't want in my calendar. So I know that as I go to my Thursday or my Friday or whatever, that the things I'm going to see on that calendar, whether it be an interview with a very awesome person such as yourself or doing a healing call or doing something with my friends or like tonight, my husband and I are going to a candlelight string concert where they're playing rock and roll. Right. So yeah. Right. I was like, Ooh, that sounds like fun. So let's do that. Right. So I get to do fun things that I enjoy and love doing and the things that I don't, whether it's bookkeeping or, you know, things that we need to do in the business that are necessary. I, or cleaning my house, I outsource that because everything I do, I want it to be enjoy and I want it to be something that I enjoy doing. So if I don't enjoy doing it, I outsource it. Mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love a bit of outsourcing. (laughs) There's so many different avenues that we can go down with this. And I feel like let's touch on first, like the hard work that we think that we have to do in order to get all of the things. I feel like we're going to then dive into the alignment conversation because I feel like it's all intertwined. So we often, with the society that we are currently living in, there's that conscious awareness around like, well, we have to work hard for that, right? And if we want the things, if we want all the materialistic pieces, then it's going to have to take a lot of work. But you have a different take on this. Yes, I do. So I, I watched and witnessed my dad who retired at 85. He was his own entrepreneur. He's a, he's a brilliant man. He was a mechanical engineer. He worked harder than anybody that I have ever met. I mean, day and night, he would work on weekends. He was very, very dedicated to his work and he worked really, really hard, but he still suffered because his mindset, his emotions, his, his whole entire energy field was always thinking that things are going to go wrong and bad. I remember as a kid, I would go into his office and he would have Murphy's law posters. Like if something's going to go wrong, it's really going to go wrong, you know? And I remember looking at these, like some people have successories, right? In their offices, posters that make you go, oh, that's cool. You know, these were like, yeah, those are down. Like they're really a downer. And that's how he really felt. He really felt like the best you put into something, it's something's going to screw it up. I mean, and that was his philosophy. Yeah, it is sad because I saw him work really, really hard. And so I gained a a work ethic where I worked really, really hard. And here I was in my, you know, mid twenties and I was succeeding, but I wasn't 
succeeding in the sense that, wow, I feel so accomplished and I feel so good about what I'm doing because I had a mentality of lack. And that's where that work hard, push, drive, strive comes from is that, yes, we need to take action. Remember I said, what is consciousness? Well, one of those parts of our consciousness is action. We need to take action if we're going to go and try to, like I said, meditate in the morning. We're the ones that have to go take that action, pull ourselves out of our lives, take a couple moments to run our energy. That's actions, interaction. It's action when you go, hey, that's a thought that's in lack and I'm going to you know, manage my mindset. I'm going to change my thought from lack to abundance. We're taking an interaction. So we're always in action. The difference is, is that when we take an action, we don't think of it as hard or it has to be a struggle. We have joyful expectancy that every piece of action that we take, every step is going to you know, bring us some type of reward. So it's not about working hard. It's about working with your presence. It's about working with your fullness and being truly in, you know, and I see this with a lot of entrepreneurs um, that are, they're moms, right? They have a business and then they also have a child. They're at the business feeling guilty because they're not with their child. And then they're with their child feeling guilty because they could be doing something with their business. So they're, they're not present and fully engaged with the kid or the business because they're letting that mindset pull them off. And so the mindset of work hard, right? Work hard and, and push yourself and drive. That comes from a lack mentality. You know, there's one thing it's like, if you love what you do and you're fueled by passion, and then when you're in an interview, you give, I'm not thinking about my kids right now or my husband or my dog or my parents or anything. I'm here with you hundred percent fullness, giving you everything I have. And, but a lot of people don't do that right? Their mind is always thinking on what could go wrong or bad, right? There's not that full alignment. And so they have to do a lot more action because they're, the full energy presence is not focused on what they want. It's split energy. And that's what causes people to have to work hard. But listen, if hard work alone was the key, I know a lot of really hardworking people that still struggle. Yeah, so totally. it's not the key, right? It's showing up, doing the action and what's expected of you with the fullness. That's what really successful people, they give everything they got to something with full focus and full expectation that it's going to go well. It's going to be successful. It's going to do, and they're, they're carrying that emotion, that feeling with them that I'm doing this because it's going to succeed, right? Yeah. And if you're passionate about something, like I could think of artists or people I do, I do work hard. People say, oh, she's such a hard worker. Actually, no, I'm not. I put a lot of what I have, right? And I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but I don't consider myself a hard worker. Other people would look at me and go, God, I've got a great work ethic, but I don't work hard in the typical sense that people do. I work with the presence of the divine. So I'm in alignment and that every piece of momentum I take gives a bigger reward because there's a study actually, and I wrote about this in my um, second to last book, Quantum Success, that one hour of inner work is like seven hours of outer work. And it, when you're combining, taking that time to align with what do you want and why do you want it and how do you want to feel? What are you focused on? When you're in full faith that what you are doing, what you're launching, what you're, you know, what you're selling, what you're servicing, your business, you know exactly what you stand for, what you're moving towards. When you have that full focus and you have that joyful expectancy that, of course, this is going to bring major, massive rewards, you bring in the feeling, the vibration, because everything's energy, you bring in that vibrational match to the success that you want. That's the inner work. And so then you get inspired because you're aligned and then you take the action. So... Yeah. All of it. Yeah. So good. And I think we can get so, I think sometimes people really struggle with tapping into that piece of figuring out where they are actually out of alignment before the result happens. Whereas yeah. I find like some people find it easier to look back and go, well, actually I can see now where I was out of alignment. I was doing this with a client the other day and she'd had a, a launch that she literally wasn't didn't get the expectation of what she had set and when we actually uncovered it it was because one her vibration was out of alignment and two she was telling herself like the language that she was using about the launch 
It wasn't, it was never going to go to what she expected because she was telling herself that she wasn't worthy of having that number of people in her, in her, Ah. right? So there's this whole underlying belief system that was stopping her from being in that full alignment. Yeah. So, and and what you said was brilliant. Most people just don't know, or they maybe have an, they're aware of it, but they don't understand the impact because everything is energy and the energy creates the forms or the successes or the abundance or the well being or the, you know, it's always the energy. And so I like to call that split energy. You want something, but you feel like you can't have it, right? You want something, you're, mo- you're going to do every action that you feel is going to be like leading to success, but your mind keeps t- like worrying, right? Like I, I coach a lot of celebrities and, and like, uh, you know, athletes. And I have one, for example, an, a client right now who is an NFL player and he's being, his contract is up. And so he's wanting to get on another team and he's in this period of waiting, right? And so what I'm coaching him on right now is you cannot be in the waiting mode and worried that you're not going to get it. You have to be in waiting mode with full joyful expectancy. You have to tell your mind that is telling you all the wrong things that could go wrong and bad because the mind does that when there's this place of uncertainty, right? Whenever you have a desire, whenever you have a goal, there's always that gap between where you are and where you're going to go. Well, in that gap, the mind, it's programmed to go, hey, watch out for this and watch out for that. And this could go wrong and that could go bad. And if we're not mastering the mind by saying, okay, mind, I hear you, you're worried about this, but I know that things are working out. I know that I did awesome in that tryout. I did great with this. You know, I know that I am meant to do this and that I love doing this and bringing in that energy of passion and fun, you know, kind of like tweaking each time, you know, shifting, pivoting. That's where so many people get caught up and they, they let the worry seep out and they don't understand that that is an energetic leakage that is causing the what you don't want to be created instead of what you do want. And it's honestly like a practice, right? Like it's not something that you can just decide, oh, I'm just going to stop any energy leakage. It's literally a, a, a awareness and a commitment to honoring that connection and recognizing when you're out of it. So I'd yeah. love for you to share, what do you feel pulls us out of that? Well, like you said, you know, it's not like I went to college, I got a degree forever. That degree is mine, right? I got certified as a master certified as a coach. That is my certification never to go back. Right. I've been born. I can't go back and to not be born. Right. It's like, this has happened. I can either pass on and die, but I can never not go back and not be born. It's like this energy is not a you're done. Right. It's like, it's always a thing. The mind just, you don't go, Oh, I got where I wanted. I have peace of mind and that's forever mine, right? It's like forevermore, I will be in a, in a space of peace. It is constant. It's energy. And so the thing is that we have to understand the mind and the emotions, they interconnect, right? So a lot of times people will focus on, ooh, the tools of maybe doing an affirmation and affirmations have their place. They're a great tool to do. But if your mindset and your emotions have connected and you are not isolating the emotions to release the energy, the mind will still kick in and go, but, 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 and tell the story and the justification and all this other stuff, which then generates even more emotions. So it's isolating the mindset, understanding is this coming from the mind or is this coming from the emotions? And when you have big emotions, when you have big reactions, right? It's having emotional intelligence to say, you know what? I got really reactive on that, or I'm feeling anxious right now, right? And just stopping yourself and literally dropping from the mind, from the heart into the emotional body, which is the lower part of your body, feeling the emotions and understanding its energy and just letting the energy of those emotions release. Then you can choose a different thought. Then you can be able to work with the mind to that because then it gets solidified in the emotions. Now, if I'm if I'm thinking joy thoughts, I'm like, I'm just going to think thoughts of joy today, but I'm like angry about something or I'm frustrated about something. I'm going to have to think a lot of joy thoughts because I'm not getting to the root cause. It's kind of like if you have um, a garden and you have weeds in your garden, right? Just working with the mindset, trying to change the, the thoughts is like cutting the weeds at the top and not pulling them out by the root. When you connect with the emotions and the mind, 
Now you're pulling it out from the root and with the mind, you can replace it with a beautiful flower instead of the weed, right? So it's understanding how the consciousness all works together. The words that we say, I have, I have a whole program and I'm happy to give it away. It's a free program to everybody that's listening to your podcast for having me as a guest. You can go to watchyourwords.com. I have a whole program on our words lead to thoughts and our thoughts lead to our, our uh, beliefs and beliefs and words and thoughts all lead to the emotions. The emotions is the most intense vibration that we have. And whatever we're feeling, it leads to either one action or not. It leads to eating the Ben and Jerry's or not, right? It leads to going to that networking event or not. It leads to so many different things, but those are the only things that we have in our consciousness. With watching your words, there are so many words and phrases that we say, we don't even realize how just those words pull our energy down and it starts the creation process. Having that awareness of the words that we speak then makes us have aware uh, awareness of the thoughts and so on. And I know my generation, I'm 50, almost 51, you know, so I know my generation and I'm not sure what it was like for your generation. Cause I know you're younger than I am, but I, I mean, we were not taught to manage our emotions. We were not taught emotional intelligence. We were taught suppress your emotions. Don't feel that little girls aren't supposed to get angry, cry, or I'll give you something to cry about. Right. <laughs> And most of my, I mean, my parents couldn't teach me how to do that. They still act like four-year-olds, right? If something goes wrong, they do a temper tantrum instead of mastering and managing their emotions. How were they going to teach me? They couldn't. I had to learn this on my own. And now I'm teaching six-year-olds and 50-year-olds and 40-year-olds and, you know, 20-year-olds. I mean, people how to actually understand what an emotion is to recognize it while they're having it. Because sometimes it's like we, it's a day later and like, hey, that happened yesterday. And now I'm really pissed off. Right. Right. It's like, well, it's, it's more beneficial if it's something happens and you realize in the moment that it's happening, you're pretty pissed off about it. Right. Cause then when the, when the energy is up, then you can do something about it day later, you can still do something about it. But the more you get aware of what your emotions are, then you can process it. And it literally takes about 90 seconds to process an emotion. That's it. But how many people suppress it, suppress it and suppress it. And then that causes the imprint. So someone gets disappointed in something, right? You were mentioning your client had a goal, did a launch, probably got disappointed because the result was not what she wanted it to be. So, you know, I'm sure that wasn't the case for your client, but most people don't process their emotions of disappointment. So now they keep attracting more and more things, people, places, and things that bring up the energy of disappointment because the energy is alive in them. You release that stuck imprint of the emotion of disappointment, it's gone. Now you make more room for the love light body, less for the pain body or the reactionary body, and you attract a very different reality. And I think people have so much fear because it was very similar for my generation as well, that we were taught not to process our emotions. And I think that when we do allow ourselves to take full responsibility for that now and learn new strategies and ways to manage your emotions and and coping skills and learn that the emotions don't have to be the enemy. Like often we yeah. have so much fear around it, right? And yet yeah. it's that compound effect of it's all built up, built up, built up from so many years of suppression that we actually then fear releasing that emotion. But then when we do, like you said, like if you actually process it in the moment, it's so quick and then you yeah. just back to your clean slate or back to your joy and allow yourself to then continue on with life. And yet I think so many people really struggle with that. And the other, the other thing that I find really fascinating as well is the vocabulary that we have around our emotions is so limited. We have quite, we have so many words to describe negative emotion. We have limited words to describe positive emotion. And a lot of people really don't even know what they're feeling, right? They're so Mm. disconnected from what they're actually feeling. So even thinking about, well, is it disappointment? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it annoyance? Like people don't have a lot of the vocabulary around it. So even just, taking the time to acknowledge what the actual feeling is allows us to process it at the time, right? Yes. And to go even deeper with that, if you look at it as a spectrum, like one of the universal laws that I talk about besides law of attraction is the law of sufficiency and abundance. 
And if we really understand like the spectrum that on one side of the spectrum is lack, right? Lack, when we are in lack, it always feels bad. So no matter what we're feeling, we don't even have to identify the emotion, right? We don't have to go, hmm, is that irritation or is that frustration, right? Because that just gets us more in the mind of the mind trying to figure it out. We just recognize I'm not feeling good here. I've got a negative feeling emotion. I feel bad. I must be in lag. Now you can process that out. And if the mind is the thing that we need to shift, remember the emotion because you're feeling something, release that emotion, takes 90 seconds, process that out. It's what my work is all about, helping people do that. And then you're able to shift the mindset from what lack to abundance. On one side is lack. On the other side is abundance. Abundance always feels good. That's where alignment is and all the you know joy and appreciation and gratitude, passion and purpose and freedom and oh, love and all of that, right? So cliff note version, you feel bad, doesn't necessarily matter what the emotion is. You feel bad. You've got some part of your consciousness that's in lack. It cannot be any other way because you cannot be feeling good and being in lack. And just like you cannot be in lack feeling good, it doesn't work. Lack, limitation, separateness, struggle, drama, chaos, victim consciousness, all of that is from lack. And it always feels crummy all the time, whether it's about your ability to do something, your ability to grow your business, your ability to succeed or launch a product or start a business, whatever it may be. If you are feeling disempowered, if you are feeling bad, it's just because you're in lack and we can change our consciousness from lack to abundance. If you look at it as a spectrum, one side's a lack, one side's abundance. There's a tipping point in the middle because you can't attract abundance from lack. You can't attract what, what you want from the place of lack. So there's a tipping point of satisfaction. That's why it's called the law of sufficiency and abundance. You have to be coming from a place of what I am, who I am, what I have, it's enough right now. And that gives us a sense of like, okay, there's fulfillment, there's satisfaction. I can look for the positive aspects. That gets us out of the concept, the mindset, the feeling state of lack and into, okay, thing, all is well. Things are okay right now. I might not be over the moon crazy about something, but I'm okay. I've got enough right now. I've got a food and the, to eat if I'm hungry. I've got a couple bucks in my purse if I need it. I've got, I've, I can, I have a place to sleep tonight. I have air that I can breathe. I have enough in this now moment. Once you get to that place, then you can start moving into the, the all sufficiency, the abundance. And that's where the higher energies are. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that you just shared that with the tipping point because it is, you can't go from that complete extreme to the other extreme. And I think people think that that's what we mean by shifting from a positive to a negative or negative yeah. to a positive, right? It's like, no, actually just find a good feeling thought and just yes. run with it, right? Find a little bit of joy and just keep working with that. And you'll find that it'll be easier than to keep yourself on the other side of the spectrum for sure. So yeah. good. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about manifesting bigger desires, right? So I feel like it's if with your book, The Desire Factor. Let's talk about first the desires, because I feel like there's some elements there that we need to shift through in regards to owning what we want and that that being okay. So I feel yeah. like we were talking about before about like having the car and the husband and the house and all of those things. What do you see is one of the things that stops people from wanting those things? Well, not giving ourselves permission because we think that they're bad. We've been told that, you know, having that's materialistic, right? And then you can't, you can't be materialistic and spiritual. You can't, you know, if you're materialistic, oh, that's shallow, that's bad. And that's so limited. It really, really is because I don't know if anybody's realized this, but we are spiritual beings in a material world and anything that is formed in the material world first had to be energy. And so all what's energy, energy is divine, it's spirit. So everything is created first from energy to create any type of form. And so how can something that's a feeling be good, but a, a cell phone or a purse or a house be bad, right? And when we dream, when we desire something, that desire is it comes from a higher source. We don't actually desire, we receive the desires. And when we align with that desire, 
then, and we get into action, whether it's internal action or outer action, when we get enlivened by that desire, we give ourselves permission to move in the direction of the desire, things manifest. Because without a desire, nothing changes. Nothing gets created. Desires are the birthplace of creation. But most people, like they get a desire and they either do one of three things, right? They go, oh, yes. And they just like, I love that. And they work with the processes that we outline in the desire factor. Problem with that is that the council finally brought down what are the seven principles to actually create a desire? And what do you have to follow internally and externally to do that? Most people have pieces of the puzzle, but they're putting the pieces in the wrong place. As the council described it to me, it's like a padlock. You get the numbers mixed up, that lock is not opening, right? So though, there are those that are learning this information that, are, that just intuitively know that I, I'm flowing with the energy, I'm doing what I'm inspired to do, and they move towards their desires. Other people go, ooh, I like that idea. That, it, that feels like fun, right? But then they just don't do anything. They don't do the last principle, which is action, right? And it's like um, bags of money. Bags of money are not going to drop on your head unless you actually take that idea and do something with it, right? Take some kind of action with it after you've aligned. Then you have the third type of people that they get this desire and then they go, well, who am I to do that? Oh, there's so many. Uh, why, why would I start a podcast? There's so many podcasts out there, right? Who am I to da, da, da? Oh, I don't know how to do that, right? The biggest obstacles, there are three big obstacles that people have. One, ourselves. We talk ourselves out of our desires because we think it's bad and wrong, or we don't know, you know, how we could ever possibly do this kind of thing, or we just don't have the self-concept of someone that could do that, right? So we have we have our own obstacles within ourselves, our own energetic boundaries or you know, imprints, um, mindset, that kind of thing. The other obstacle is other people, right? We might be so excited about something and then we tell someone something and they're like, are you sure? Aren't you too old to do that? Aren't you too young to do that? What do you know about that? Isn't that risky? Oh my God, you might get hurt, right? And then we start getting influenced by other people because we're at a higher level when we receive that desire. We tell someone that can't hold that desire and they're at a, a different level you know, of, of where we received it and where they are. So they try to talk you out of it. And a lot of times that happens. And then the third, the third is we go, oh my God, I love that. I don't know how. And we go, well, uh, there, it all falls apart right there. I don't know how to do that, right? Someone said, oh, I've been wanting so to write true. a book, right? I've been wanting to write a book. I hear I'm an author. I've been wanting to write a book for forever. I just don't know how. Well, you don't have to know the how. <laughs> exactly. This is the how. This is the desire factor. It will teach you the how. It, you know, it's like you follow with alignment People think that, oh, if I'm going to start a business or I'm going to grow my business or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, right? I need to know all the steps. No, you don't. You have to know the first step. You get the first step. You, you're present, you're aligned, put the fullness like we talked about into that first step. Well, while you're in the middle of that first step, the next step comes or you get to the end of the step and then it comes. You follow the guidepost. You follow this, you know, it's like one step at a time. You, you're not going to get the whole entire staircase. Because imagine if, if you'd been given all of the how, like how overwhelming would that be? <laughs> like there's yes, a reason thank why you. we get that beautiful download and it's like take action on that piece and stop worrying about all the what ifs and stop worrying about where it's going to take you. Like just take the action. I'm such yes. a firm believer in just doing the thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And doing um, it from alignment, right? Yes. It's like there, there's... Here's the other thing is that there's people that are doers, right? They'll just do, 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 do. I used to be one of them, right? It was like, oh, I'm going to do it all. It just, it's kind of like taking spaghetti and throwing it up against the wall and seeing what sticks, right? I'm just going to do, I'm going to action. You know, that was part of my upbringing. Work ethic, work hard, right? And I wasn't aligned. Like my dad spent his whole entire career. He did, but he wasn't aligned. Then you got the other people on this side, peace, love, and happiness. They are so aligned. They feel groovy. They meditate, right? Oh, they're just, they're all about the joy, but then they don't take the action. So you got to combine. We're physical. 
and we're non-physical. It's both and. The sweet spot is aligning yourself and then taking that inspired action that creates the momentum because nothing, I mean, the divine wants to create with us and through us. And the divine uses us because we are the physical ones. We're the ones that can type up the email. We're the ones that can do an interview. We're the ones that can write the book. We're the ones that can stand on a stage or present to a corporation or, you know, go get the client or entertain the client. We're the ones. We can take the divine part with us so that we're aligned in every action that we take, but doing it alone or not bringing the divine, the alignment with us, it takes a lot, much more work. And I, I've, I've done it all three ways. And this is just for me, it, it works the best. Yeah. It's less exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it too. You've got people that are so overworked and they're burnt overwhelmed. And yeah. They're burnt out, but it's like, because they're do, 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 you know, as the council says, do, do, do is a nice song, but it's not how you want to live your life. It's not just about doing. It's also about aligning. And what is aligning? It's aligning your words, your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, and the actions that you take. If you have all of that in alignment, you tend to your split energy because we're all human. We could be going along and all of a sudden we have worry. Okay, I'm noticing I'm worried. What am I worried about? The mind is telling me to look for something. Okay, I got it. Duly noted. Let me shift out of that. Let me move into faith instead of worry. Okay. And then you go along and you're like, oop, there's fear. Okay. What's the fear warning me about? What is the mind? Okay. Mind, thank you for letting me know. It's like the alarm clock or the alarm, you know, going off in your kitchen, warning you that there's a, a fire or, you know, a, a gauge in your car telling you, you got low t- pressure tire, it will, low tire pressure, you know, pay attention to it, gather the information, then go get the tire, pre- the tire fixed up, you know, put more air in the tire. I did that the other day. It was like a perfect example. We came back from a vacation. I get in my car. I wanted to go get a smoothie. And I saw the, the tire pressure gauge in my car was low. And I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll look at it later. I drove there, drove back. I drove on a flat tire. And I would have very much been able to have the, the flat fixed or you know whatever was happening with the tire. But because I drove on it and totally ignored the gauge, I had to go get a new tire, right? I still couldn't drive the car because I needed to get a new tire. The, the gauge didn't go off until the new tire got on and that there was enough pre- pressure in the tire. The warning signs are our emotions. The warning signs are the thoughts. Is the mind going, hey, warning here. If we just ignore it, right? That's what we manifest stuff that we don't want. If we go, hey, I'm having this thought. Maybe I need to look at that. Oh yeah, I'm feeling worried about this. I'm feeling this, you know, what do I need to know? What do I need to get there more information on? Maybe I don't have all the information I need in my, you know, higher self, my psychic awareness, my intuition, something's kicking in to let me know if I'm paying attention to it, well, then I can do something about it. We got, we got to listen to, we have to, we have to pay attention to our energy to master our energy because when we master energy we master everything in our lives i love that and i love the way that you've put that about recognizing like it's just accessing more information it's not necessarily about like you stop right like it's right. you just recognize it bring in the awareness and then go okay so how can i still keep moving i love it how you've just articulated that it's great thank you, thank you. and so i'd love for you to take us through the seven essential laws so take if yeah there it's it's going to be a mouthful for sure but Um, So the seven essential laws are what I came up with. They're not laws that I made up. They're universal laws. And there's a lot more than those seven. But I found that after years of practicing and learning them and, you know, kind of not failing, but stumbling and, you know, kind of things, having things not manifest I wanted or things unwanted manifesting, it really is these seven essential laws. And the Desire Factor book talks about them. But The first law is law of attraction, which most people, if they know anything about universal laws, they know about law of attraction because of the secret. So it's like a boomerang. What you send out, it comes back, right? It's everything is, if you understand that we are not just physical, we are also energy. We are energy receivers, we're energy containers, and we're energy transmitters. What we transmit out comes back. 
all energy carries a vibration and that vibration goes and matches, resonates with other things, whether it's lack of money because it's a low vibration or lots of money because you're in a high vibration of abundance, right? What we send out, we collect. We, we see in our experience, our circumstance, our you know events. The second law is the law of deliberate creation, where it's like, we're the ones that decide from our consciousness, what words am I going to say that are positive words that lead me to what I do want to create versus words that are based in lack or limitation or the thoughts or the beliefs, right? Is, is that belief true, right? I, I remember when I was, I was married before, I was in an eight-year relationship with a wonderful man and the relationship, it was time, it was just clarity. It was time for the relationship to be over. And I was getting clear of the kind of person I did want, but I was 35 and I would watch sex in the city episodes. They're like, you're more likely to get hit by lightning than to find a man at 35. Right. And I was like, well, I don't need a lot of them. I just need one. Right. And I remember people would say to me, are you sure? Cause you're married. And you know, you're 35 now. I'm like, what? It's not like I'm 80, right? And it was this this whole thing what, you know, in your 30s, it's really hard to find a man. And I was like, again, all I need is one, right? I just had that perspective. I just want one. And so because I knew that at least one of the billions of people that are on this planet, there's gotta be one single available straight man that I could have a relationship with. And I just kept that as, as that's my reality because I could have be believed that, well, there's no men available. If I believe that there's no single men, straight men available, then I would have attracted nothing, right? I, I remember being, I lived in a small town in Redding, California, and I would find these amazing pharmaceutical jobs before I became an author. And people say to me all the time, how are you finding, like, my jobs kept getting better, the bonuses kept getting better, the territories were better. I'm like, I'd find contrast in one job and say, you know, I would love to have this where the bonuses were unlimited, it's not capped. And the, the territories were much smaller, so I didn't have to travel as much, right? And then all of a sudden, I'd have a headhunter call me and go, hey, there's a, a, a you know company wants to interview you for this. And I would go and interview and I'm like, yeah, that's it. That, that's the one I created because I deliberately put in my belief, right? It's like I deliberately put out the energy that I just need one, right? And that one is available. So I was more in a place of faith than fear, right? And so that's the law of deliberate creation, knowing that you're the one that deliberately sends it out other than being influenced by negativity or by your past or by your imprints. You get to change the vibration that you send out because whatever you send out, law of attraction is going to give you. So if I know the law of attraction is going to give me more of what I send out, I better be deliberate in what I send out, right? So then um, the third law is the law of allowing. I have videos on all of these laws too. And that's on my podcast, The Desire Factor, where I go through each of the different laws too, if you want more depth of these. But um, law of allowing is that if you feel any resistance at all, if you feel constricted in yourself, and you know, we all kind of feel that, like we feel resistance towards moving towards something, right? Then we're not in the allowing space. We're not in a receiving space is another way of saying it. And then the, the universe cannot give that to us. If we are judging, criticizing ourselves, others, we're not in an allowing space, right? So that's the law of allowing. Um, the law of sufficiency and abundance we talked about, right? Is that this world is really abundant and everything in it. If you even think about our own human body, like we have tens of trillions of cells. We can't even conceive of what a trillion cells are, let alone tens of trillions of cells. And it's like, that's the makeup. We have unlimited amount of breaths we take every day, unlimited amount of heartbeats that we have. Our body is just naturally, I mean, how, how much does our hair grow in a lifetime? It's abundant. How many inches does it grow, right? Our nails, we, we, we can't even conceive of that. And then the whole entire universe, right? Question that, right? Right. And it's like, wow, I already am abundant you know, but we all believe that there's lack, like I'm not enough. There's not enough. There's, you know, there's only one position or one customer. I got to go fight for that or compete. 
we don't go into that place of where I was, I was like, I don't need a bunch of men or I don't need a bunch of businesses, right? You know, or, or companies. I just need one. And this is an abundant universe. I'm, I'm going to get at least one, right? So that's a law of sufficiency and abundance. Then there's a law of polarity. And law of polarity is really understanding that everything is energy and that energy is completely unlimited. And energy, you know, most of us are filtered to look at the things that are manifested, the desk, the book, the microphone, the computer, the cell phone, the glass. We, we focus on the things that we can see and taste and touch and smell. Those are real. But between the cup and the cell phone, there's space. There, between me and the computer, all this space is unmanifested energy. This has pure potentiality to become something. This could be a pile of money. That you know, this could be a baby. This could be a career. You know, like this could be. So it turns into something. So we understand, like, there's not just this. It's so unlimited. It's beyond in the galaxies, and we're connected to it because we wouldn't be here if not. It's breathing us. That that energy has a pure potentiality. There's no limitation in this universe. So that's the law of pure potentiality. And then there's the law of um, detachment. This is one that I talk about a lot about in the desire factor because it's one of the seven principles. We call it the, the principle of surrender. Another way of saying it, it's based on the law of detachment. That once you're clear, it doesn't mean like the law of detachment doesn't mean like, oh, whatever. You know, it's not like, walking into a restaurant and going, just give me whatever, you know, that's not detachment. That's silliness. When you walk in, you know that I'm going to order this on the menu. Detachment is when the, the, you know, the process of it's being cooked, right? I'm detached from exactly when it's coming and what it's going to look like. You're like, it's coming. Right. And, and a better way of explaining it is like, if you know, you want something, if you have a goal, the who, the what, the where, the when, the how, all of that in that gap between what you want and having it manifest, that needs to be totally surrendered or in other words, detached from. Because if we're anxious about it, is it him? Is it that? Is it this? When's it going to happen? You know, then we become anxious. We are not in allowing space, so we can't receive it. That's why all of these laws work together. And then there's the law of polarity. When we understand there's up because we're in 3D world, human bodies, up, down, left, right, lack abundance, right? Fear, love. There's polarity, there's evidence. So yes, there is evidence of lack, right? There's hot, there's cold, right? There's evidence of that. But if one exists, the polar opposite does too. So if you're having awareness of lack, there's a, there is a polar opposite of you in abundance, and the, the law that really makes all of them come together is that when you learn and master the law of sufficiency and abundance, when you're totally tuning to abundance instead of lack, you're working with the law of deliberate creation, you're working with the law of polarity, you're working with the law of pure potentiality, working with the law of attraction, you know, it, all of them work together when you apply the law of sufficiency and abundance. Oh, I'm so glad you went all through that because that was so good. <laughs> and as you were going through it, I'm like thinking of different things that obviously are my desires and where I'm out of alignment with some of those. So that was really, really good. So thank you so much for sharing You're that. Welcome. And I am going to also give the opportunity for any listener to actually win a copy of your book. So awesome. if you want to learn a little bit more about this and dive into all the essential laws, then definitely head to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast and let us know what you took away from this episode, screenshot it, and then email it to me at hello at christinecorcoran.com.au and you'll be in the running to win a book of Christie's, which would be awesome. Awesome. That's great. So so I would love to, just to wrap things up a little bit, I would love to ask you two last little questions. One, what is one secret desire that everyone has? Money. Every, it doesn't matter how much you have or how much you don't. Everybody wants more money. But nobody ever says, ooh, I have a desire. I should say this, more and more people are now. It is rare when someone goes, ooh, I want to make $100,000 a year. Ooh, I want my business to hit a million. Ooh, I want my business to hit three million. I want to make more money, right? It, it, we can say, oh, I want to live in a bigger house or I want my business to succeed, right? But money is one of those taboo things because if you talk about it and say, oh, I want to make more money, you're shallow, you're materialistic, right? Because we've been so programmed. Even it says in the dang Bible, 
you know, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So if you're focused on, which is, I could spend a whole podcast talking about that. It talks about the desire factor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like enough yeah, already. Well, consciousness is everything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but you know, so people are afraid to declare what they want. And so it's very secretive. And I know that for me, money was always the, one of those mystery things. Like I, my mom and dad would never openly talk about money. They'd fight about money, right? They'd all, I could hear them arguing about money, but it wasn't something that we openly talked about. In my family with my boys, we openly talk about it. How do you earn it? They've got their own business, walking dogs. So they, at 10 years old, my, my kid's making money. You know, and it's like, we talk about it. What do you do with it? You save it, you invest it. You know, it, it's an open conversation. And the fact that my kid will go, I love being rich. I'm like, I know, isn't it awesome? You know, and he's like, I love that we have money because we could do this and we could do that. And I'm like, I know money rocks. It gives you choices. It gives you options. You know, you could, you get to have the sense of freedom, right? It's like money's great, right? But most people were like, oh, she's talking about money. That's bad. You know, we're not supposed to talk about that. I must be really materialistic you know, really, really shallow. Well, last time I checked, long before you and I ever came around, someone somewhere decided that instead of this bartering system, we're going to use this thing called money. And that's how we buy stuff. If I want to have air conditioning in the middle of the summer, it costs money. If I want to eat today, I have to go either to a restaurant, to a grocery store, to a farmer's market. I have to exchange this thing called money for this product that I'm going to then eat so I have a full belly. So everything we want, sending my kids to a great school, giving them proper nutrition, clothing our bodies, right? I have a 12-year-old that every time I turn around, he's like, look, look, he's like getting bigger and growing. I mean, you know, his feet, like it feels like it grows an inch every week constantly buying him now new cleats and new shoes, right? It takes money to do that. So we get an understanding that we're supposed to, we are abundant. We're supposed to prosper. We're not supposed yeah. to just, you know, survive. survive. Exactly. We're here to thrive. Yeah. And, and it's just energy like anything else, right? And I think when we come to that place of placing less judgment on it and recognize that it's just our programming. It's just our conditioning around money. It doesn't have to be true. And the more that we work on our wealth consciousness and our energy around money, we can welcome more of that abundance. It's just like anything else. Just like you said, like it's the air that we breathe. It's the, you know, the beats of our heart, like it's available to us, but we're the ones actually shutting it off. Yeah. If we're judging people or judging money, we're constricting. We're not in receiving mode. You know, we, we are blocking it. We're repelling it from us, right? Money goes where it's welcome and appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. We could talk about money all day. And I know. All, the time. <laughs> all right. So one last little question. And thank you so much for today's conversation. Honestly, this has been super fun. So if uh, whoever is listening, if they are in their stage of their business where they really want to take it to the next level, what would be one piece of advice you would give them? I would look for where you have split energy in your business about your business because your business is a separate energy being it's an extension of you and it can only contain the energy right your your business is like another separate thing you're creating an energetic connection that you have with it and it gets filled by your energy so if your business is at a good place but you want it to get to the next level you got to bring in more energy more higher vibrational energy through you and then, because all, all things start inside of us, all relationships start inside of us, even the relationship we have with our business, money, whomever, right? And that relationship with our, with our energy, being able to be receiving that divine energy, that divine self tapping into the treasure chest that each one of us have, and that nobody can borrow from it, no one can steal from it, it doesn't empty out, it's constant flowing in. And when we feel our container expanding even more into success and abundance and all of the good things, prosperity, right? We then think of our business. It's everything we've been talking about, the words we say about our business, the what we think, what we believe, what we feel, and then the actions that we take. Your, your business then, the energy in your business gets more robust. It contains more. And that's when you see more clients and more accolades and more opportunities and more money and more profits and more of all good things. 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's <laughs> <horrible, isn't> it? <laughs> Amazing. Um, and so where can everybody find you? Where I'm going to leave all the show notes with obviously where to find your book and where you can buy it. And then obviously a website is it in your podcast. So is there anywhere else that you spend most time where people can come and find you and interact with you? Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend going to watchyourwords.com. It's a, it's a two to three minutes every day for 30 days. It's a video that tells you what not to say why and what to say instead because you will be surprised each time people are like oh my god i didn't believe i said all these words and at the end of it you get a pdf that shows what not to say what to you know what to say instead and i explain why and what it's doing so that's a really great place to start is watchyourwords.com awesome thank you so much for joining me today christy it's been so much fun chatting with you all about all the energy thank you christine i'm I'm like so excited that there's more and more people like yourself that are out there spreading the message of this and helping people you know understand their energy and how it ever energy is everything so thank you thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast i'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode so please share with me on instagram and facebook And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.